Welcome everyone to the GoWP Digital Agency Owners Podcast, where we chat with impressive members of our WordPress community and go behind the website to find out the secrets to their professional and life success. I'm Mariah Origa, GoWP's Director of Creative Services, and... I'm Joanne Torres, and I just want to say a couple of words about GoWP in case anyone isn't fully familiar with us yet. GoWP, we create happiness for digital agencies and help them become more profitable, whether it's joining in our incredibly valuable weekly calls, our happiness hour call on Friday, or if you're just looking to grow your team with a developer, a copywriter, a designer, or a project manager, whatever it is that you need, we've got you covered. We also have services like our case studies service, blogging, website maintenance, content edits, or page builds that you can completely outsource to our amazing team. They sure can, Joanne. (laughs) Why don't you tell them how they can find out more about GoWP services? Yep, they can find out more at GoWP.com or on our social media channels, GoWP Support on Twitter, and GoWP everywhere else. So Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram to receive any updates of what's going on. But now we shall welcome our guest. Yes, today our guest is Karanda Adair, a self-described recovering WordPress developer, but she's better known as the founder slash CEO of Carlyle Digital. (laughs) She launched the Portland-based agency in 2013, providing WordPress consultations and developer services for clients and more recently has gained a great reputation as an effective marketing automation specialist. She's a writer, public speaker, podcaster, and all-around content shaping machine. At GoWP, we're true believers in Karanda and her methods and feel very honored that she's sharing her brilliance with us today. Welcome, Karanda. Thank you so much for having me. I know when you announced this at happy hour, I was like, me, <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. I volunteer's tribute. Volunteer's <laughs> tribute. No, yeah, that's awesome. And I just want to say immediately, Karanda wasn't even one minute on the call. This was before recording and we were already finding ways we could automate our processes within the podcast. And it was honestly amazing. So it was just immediately as we started, I just can't wait to get into it today because right from the get-go, she was on it. Every time you're on screen, I'm like so impressed. (laughs) You'll get my five cent invoice later. (laughs) (laughs) I was just about to say, and she did it for free. (laughs) Book thought there too quickly, is. Mariah. There it too is. Quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start that title, Recovering WordPress Developer. Very intriguing admission. So we have to begin there. You share online, Karanda, that you decided to become a programmer at the age of 34. I believe I saw that on your LinkedIn page. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I love that because I think, you know, there's it's such a fallacy for people to believe that our our career and our life paths are cemented when we're 17 years old and a you know, freshman in college and picking a major or, or, or trying to decide to go to college or not. So how did life's turns lead you to discover web development and WordPress when you did? Or was it that you were always interested and just finally decided, oh, I'm going to die. I'm going to dive in. Definitely yeah, not no, that. definitely not that one. So I think as of last year, I changed to recovered. So I think I'm fully recovered. I think I'm in remission. And so how I got here, I definitely 
did not have this career on my radar at all. I was one of those people that didn't, you know, if, when they ask you in high school, like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up or whatever? I'm like, I have no idea. I just, I kind of knew I didn't want to have a boss. I don't even think I could articulate it because there's nobody really entrepreneurial in my family or that they share. And so I just was not a great employee. <laughs> so that was my start. And I was working for a, a little startup, a tiny little startup. And um, I was working as a project manager and I had a meeting with a freelance developer that we were working with. And he literally sauntered in with a jaunty little cap and his laptop. And we had a meeting about something. I couldn't even tell you what it was. And he left and I was like, that looks cool. <laughs> like, so I went back to my desk and I just started Googling, like, how do I become a developer? I remember I had asked, there was a developer on our team and I had asked like, oh, what's CSS? And he tried to explain it to me. And at the end of the explanation, I was like, I still don't understand that, but whatever. So from that, I went to like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to do this. And so I just, I started in a community college and I transferred to the, the art Institute. And so I have my degree in web design and interactive media. At the time that I went to school, it was very much like you were a designer or you would, you were a developer. And so I really wasn't sure what I wanted. And so I chose the art Institute because they were one of the few places where you could kind of delve into both. And so I figured out pretty quickly, like design is cool, but it's not really my thing. Like I recognize good design. I like good design, but coming up with it and trying to be artistic in that way, like just wasn't my thing. So I really leaned into the developer part of it. And once I had my first job and got fired from my first job, I was like, oh, it's time to hang out my shingle. So I went straight into doing WordPress websites. Something um, you said a moment ago about knowing very early on that you did not want to have a boss and that you wanted to be in a position to hang out your own uh, shingle, I think might even that tendency might have gone as far back as when you were born. Uh, I, I like to, <laughs> I'm really into birth order and when, how that impacts us. I, I, from a little snooping, I found out that you're one of six children. Is that correct? Is my snooping is accurate? My question is, where are you in the birth order? And, you know, and then we can evaluate maybe if that influenced your leadership style and personality and communication later. So I'm second in the birth order. But I, I'm curious if it skews the results because I didn't grow up with all my siblings in the same house. We have one dad and four different moms. Uh -huh. So I grew up with my older sister up until around age 12 or 13. And then it was just me, my mom and my younger sister, not my youngest. Yeah. She's the youngest. Um, no, she's not the youngest girl, but it was me and my, my full sister. And we have the same mm -hmm parents and my mom and we just kind of grew up. So functionally, I guess I was the oldest for all intents and purposes for a lot of my childhood. What's the, what's the age gap between you and your sister, your younger sister? So my older sister's two years older than me. Um, mm -hmm. and then I've got a sister five years younger and then a sister 12 years younger. And you so, lived with the one that was 12 years younger. That was 12 years younger. Yeah. So yeah. I used to do terrible things. Like <laughs> I wanted to tell her like all the wrong colors you know, I wanted to tell her that like blue was yellow and green was purple. And I don't know. I used to give her these little like Hitler hairdos when she was a baby. Like I just comb it in front and split. Don't ask me why. <laughs> I was so terrible. But yeah, we, it's like 12 years. I was supposed to be the mature one, but that, that didn't happen. And then when she could talk, you know, we would fight like they were two were two years between us. Like stop What's touching me. 
What's, what's her first name? Tracy. Tracy. Tracy, if you're out there listening, <laughs> this is a safe space. If you want to come on air and talk this out, Karanda can be <laughs> here or not. We this might need to be addressed. Because she's laughing maniacally at you right now, Tracy. We're here for she's, you. She's not innocent in this scenario, though. She's the one who, like, you know, if mom would say something like, go draw your bath water, guess what would happen? Come back with some artwork. All right, right, right. That, got that well, right, right brain going. We'll yeah. save the, yeah. the red table talk for another time. Oh my God, right? It's <laughs> another episode. Another episode. But do you think that the eldest in this context, do you think that impacted your leadership role as like founder, CEO, or your communication style? Um, like, can you connect those dots or? Uh, possibly. I think it's more to do with our mom though, because mm. of the absolute role model that she was. I mean, you know, people loved my mom. She sadly passed away in 2007. People loved my mom and people were afraid of my mom in equal measure. Mm. And, you know, she just really modeled for us how to move through the world in a way that commands respect. And I think that has like so much to do with sort of how I am as a person. Yeah. Awesome. What was your mom's first name? Gina, Gina, way to go, Gina. I know you're, I know you can hear us in spirit. So great job with, with your daughter, Karanda, but you should have been watching her around Tracy. <laughs> we, she we, knows we, her colors. It's fine. She, she's actually a designer now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I, do you want to take this next one, Mariah? Well, no, I was just going to say, it's nice that we're laughing now as we shift gears and segue into this next topic. You're welcome to Joanna, if you want, or I'm I'm fine either way. I'm good with anyway. Yeah. I mean, I can laugh about anything. I try to find the (laughs) sense of humor and everything. So there's no topic too dark, but it is true that in the WordPress opportunities, there's a lot of opportunities in WordPress to lead issues in terms of diversity and inclusion. And it's not really a conversation that we've been able to explore this in depth to the depth we'd like to. So that is something that we would like to talk about. And it can be tricky because depending on your background and depending on like who you are, who you are asking these questions, it may marginalize some voices it seeks to engage. So we would always love (laughs) to talk about these, especially like me, I'm Dominican. So that is, some people say it's Afro-Latina or Latinx. I I just think Dominican. Mariah, as a Black woman, and I'm not sure how you self-identify, Karanda. Just plain old African-American, born in Eugene, Oregon. There you go. Yeah, it's always exciting to speak with a successful CEO who just happens to be an African-American woman in the WordPress community. So perhaps we can start from the premise that all professional communities will continue to evolve, just like our society. But in your opinion, how can the WordPress community ensure it evolves better or sooner than later uh, than other professional community. And I want to ask you specifically as Karanda, not representing a whole um, group of people. (laughs) Yeah, no, I never, I was never one to take that on. And Mm -hmm. it's funny because when I started as a developer and I started my by going to WordPress meetups and I found, you know, they would have the section where you announce if you're need help or you are offering help. And so that was where I got my first client. So I was very much embedded in the WordPress community, I would say for the first, at least the first four or five years of my career. And 
it looks, it looks a lot like the rest of the tech community and something I wish I could remember who used to tweet this all the time, but she'd be like, you know, the easiest way to hire more black people is to hire black people. There you go. <laughs> you <know? laughs> That's it. And I think we just, we overcomplicate and it's like, mm-hmm. if you want diversity if you're in your space, then go seek out those people and go start building relationships with those people. Because what do we do when we're trying to hire? We start, we go to our network. So Mm -hmm. if your network is just a bunch of white dudes, that's who you're going to go to. And that's what you're going to get. So I think it really is as simple as that. And it's really on white people, you know, if they want to be fixing this to be doing that work and going and seeking out those relationships. And there are so many resources to help do that. Like if you don't know how, and I think whenever we have an issue that involves, you know, code or leadership or whatever it is, what do people do? They go do research, they go find experts, they get a coach, they hire a professional. All of those options are the same. If you want to build a diverse company or a diverse community, like all of those same options are available to you. And so if it's important, then go put some time and money behind it and work on it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it was a wonderful response. And I think just to add to that, you know, Joanne were, and I were talking offline about best intentions that often fail. <laughs> and like you said, the answer is more simple than we make it sometimes. We all have the same goals, you know, as, as agency owners, you know, we want to grow and scale and to have a healthy body. And as employees, we all want to, you know, grow and to have positive outcomes as well. And I know that in my professional experience over the years, when this topic comes up, everyone says they are interested in doing it, but then they get weird about it. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. just start from the premise that we all want the same thing, have the conversation. And the one thing I, you know, I'm new to the WordPress space. So, but I feel in any space, in any industry, there has to be the willingness to say we are a community and we're all heading in the same direction. So don't have the conversation that, you know, like you said, research, if, if it's something, if it's a goal you have research, find out the best ways. Don't just go stabbing away blindly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with, with doing a lot intention. of harm in the process. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just start from the premise that we all want the same thing and, and, uh, cool. I, yeah, I think we can move on to the next topic. We, we solved it ladies. There we go. <laughs> we did I, it, Joe. We solved done. it. <laughs> I hope you're listening. A fortune 500 companies. We got it right here. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. That's what I will say to that about that. And HR offices too. So please make sure. <laughs> right. Be, okay. And you know, this should probably be, I'm going to belt this over to you because you are GoWP's content queen. So we're going to talk about content next. Yeah, to- content. I mean, it's, yeah, our segues are not the best. <laughs> They're a little bumpy today. <laughs> we're, we're a little bumpy in this. Room. It's all right. It's all good. Progress, yeah. not perfection. Yeah, done is better than perfect. We were just saying on a, a previous episode. So yeah, because speaking of bumpy roads, content is the perfect vehicle for business owners to reach potential clients. Look at that. So who- we're here all week, folks. <laughs> usually, usually, and those business owners want to alleviate their various pain points. So we know that with content uh, creation, that can feel intimidating for a variety of reasons. So it could be the fear of writing or, you know, if you have a fear of writing, the blog doesn't get done. The fear of public speaking. So any 
invitation to a podcast to a webinar that's declined or the fear of not having any like the right ideas right so you won't publish anything so and you delivered a fabulous webinar for for our our audience here at GoWP called creating content that sells we spoke about owners being content aware so can you explain a little bit what is content awareness and yeah. the fundamental misstep or misunderstanding of content you most frequently see among business owners loaded question yeah <laughs> okay so content awareness is really an understanding of the role of content in your business and the importance of content in your business. And I'll give you a really good example from this week. A resource, it's called the Content Marketing Pot of Gold, and it's it's an Airtable database that's structured to help you categorize your content. Like if you had a physical store and you sold physical goods, you would keep track of those things, right? And you would take inventory of those things. So we create all this content as business owners, or maybe it's someone on your team, and then we put it, we publish it and then it exists, you know, all over the internet. And there's no one place for, I would say 99% of business owners. There's no one place that you can go and say, these are our content assets. This is our inventory of content. <clears throat> and so content underwear people are just like creating these things. They're like spending their lives on Instagram. They're making reels, TikToks, whatever blogs, you know, and it's just all out there and there's no one place that you can collect it. And so then what happens is, you know, you are putting yourself on the hamster wheel of constantly having to create. So then, you know, we get exhausted, right? Cause we're just like, when does it, well, it never ends. Cause you, you were not, you were using stuff effectively. And, and early this week, somebody came into my free um, service CEOs, Facebook group. And she was like, Hey, just dropping by to let you know that I almost spent 10 hours creating these workshop slides. And I just happened to do a random search and, and figure out that, Oh, I already made this. I, I oh already, you goodness. know, before I spent 10 hours doing this and she's like, so moral of the story, buy the pot of gold, use the pot of gold, right? Cause people <laughs> buy it, but then you have to actually use it. Like for me, it's like a muscle. Like somebody asked me a question, I'm going to go into mine, you know, I have it it's tab. It's always open. And it takes me 30 seconds to a minute to be like, Oh, here's the podcast that answers that question. Right. But that is a skill and a muscle that you have to develop or someone on your team has to develop. So first you have to like realize it's important, understand like the benefits because people get overwhelmed with like, Oh, I gotta go collect all my content, you know? And I actually show you like ways to shorten that process. Like I do a little course when people buy it. So you've got to realize what the benefits are going to be so that you will get over the hump of like collecting what you've already done in one place and then establish the habit of, you know, continually cataloging what you all do. And so the reason I love Airtable for that is because it just, it makes it easy to create different views and see different slices of your information without having to re-enter and copy it all the time. And so it really allows you to say like, oh, let's categorize our content by stage in the funnel. What do we have that's top of the funnel? What do we have that's middle of the funnel? What do we have that's bottom of the funnel, right? It just allows you to kind of step back and see things in a broader sense so that you can start to get strategic and start to plan a customer journey. And if I can skip ahead, you mentioned Airtable as your tool for organizing this catalog. In one of the webinars that you did with us, you also referenced your the 10 by 10 content matrix that you go through with clients to, mm -hmm. for ideation. Do you use those items in, in tandem with your clients? Yeah. So I think the, the free version of the 10 by 10 that you can find on my website is just a Google doc, just to keep it simple for people so that there's no barriers. The concept is 
just amazingly simple. It's like you pick 10 subjects, send 10 categories of information that you would like to be known for, or that your audience needs to hear about, right. Or beliefs that they need to have in order to buy from you. So you have 10 main topics, and then you think of 10 subtopics under each of those 10 things. And then you have a hundred ideas of content that you can create. And I love you pointed out in the, in the webinar for, for those business owners who are like, well, I can't do that. You know, here's the tool. I still can't do that. And you said you can do this in less than two hours and you can have 100. Yeah. Yeah. I've done it. You know, I used to actually walk clients through the exercise and they would come in and they're like, we're never going to think of this many ideas. Like never had anybody go away with less than, you know, maybe 80 or 90 ideas um, in in a couple of hours. So it's just, sometimes you just need another person to kind of be there and pull it out of you. Like a good soundboard or just someone who like, who's a good encourager as well. Yeah. Yeah. And where can people, if they're interested, find these amazing strategies that you're offering some of them for free, some of them paid, where can they find them? Yeah. If you go to carveldigital.com slash profitable dash content, you can grab that resource that'll walk you through the 10 by 10. And then you'll get, you'll get added to my resource vault that has all the goodies. So you'll be able to just like Amazon, who you may also like, <laughs> you can see all the other things that are available, including the pot of gold. You can buy that resource and I have workshops and things. So I have a nice little ladder of things for people to kind of get started if they want to see like, Oh, does this chick really know what she's talking about? <laughs> She does. You can just really you know, peruse her testimonial. She knows her stuff for sure. I want to take a step back though, Karanda, before individuals or your clients can get here, you stress knowing, really narrowing down who your audience truly is and honing the, the niche that you are. I read somewhere you said that it took you about, when you started your, your agency, that it took you about five years to really know who your audience was. That sounds a bit daunting. Is that for, I mean, maybe it makes it to my lay woman's ears. They sound, that sounds a bit daunting. Do you, do you think it's possible for a new agency to really know their niche in less than five years? And if that's oh, possible, yeah. how do they do it? Absolutely. I mean, when I started, I didn't really even understand the concept of a niche. So if you're listening to this, you're already ahead. <laughs> Right. (laughs) Because you're like, oh, I should figure out. But here's the thing. People try to think their way to a niche and that's you you can't really Mm. do that. And so the sooner you dive in and actually just start serving clients, the sooner you can narrow that down because I was just serving clients. I wasn't thinking like, oh, I need to narrow this down when I did finally understand that concept and the value of doing it. What I did was I looked back at who have I been serving and who, you know, who did I like working with the most? What did they have in common? Who got the most benefit out of my services? What did they have in common? Like you need that history of actually doing the work. And one of my mentors loves to say, you can't steer a parked car. So, you know, you can think your way into, okay, I, these are some niches I think might work. And now I'm going to go just start serving clients and don't be too precious about it in the beginning. Like just, you know, spend a year, deliver some services and just kind of in the back of your mind, be taking note of like, oh, am I liking this? You know, do I want to pivot? Like, and so you, you have to get in the trenches to do it, but if you keep in mind, so I'll give you an example. When I got my first WordPress client, she wanted to give me 40 hours a week of project work. And I was like, that sounds like a job. And I just left that job and I'm not trying. You know? And so from the moment I, I took her on, 
it's like, okay, I have no clients and, and it's my first, you know, month in business. So I got to take this client always in the back of my head. I'm like, okay, this is a terrible client. How much money do I need to make to get rid of her? So it took me eight months to replace that income so that I could fire that client. And it's because that was my goal, right? So if your goal is, okay, I need to narrow this down and figure out like who I can serve, then yes, of course you can do it faster. Yeah. So I think for listeners, there's no quick fix. You've got to learn by doing and being yeah. honest and yeah. knowing what you want. So absolutely. And it's exactly what you were just talking about with being content awareness. It's a muscle. Everything is a muscle. If you don't do the work, if you don't put in the work, if you don't have that discipline to keep on going and exercising that muscle, it's never going to become strong. So, yeah. I mean, entrepreneurship is not for the weak, right? I mean, you talked about the barrier, a lot of barriers being about fear. And it's like, if you're really going to do the entrepreneurship thing, it's really more about who you have to become in order to Mm. reach your goals. Like one of my mentors talks about identity, like so much. It's like become the person that you need to become so that your goals will be inevitable. Right. It's like, if you're Michael Phelps, you're going to win some swim races, right? Mm -hmm. That's because of who he is. It's because of his work ethic. It's because, you know, of what he does think about like, okay, I have this goal, you know, I want to have a million dollar business or whatever it is. I want to, you know, like get a lot of publicity. I have a business friend who was on good morning America. She said a year ago, she's like, I'm going to be on good morning America. And guess what? This week (laughs) she's on good morning America. It's like, so who do you have to become in order to make that goal inevitable? So if mindset and fear is an issue for you, then get a mindset coach and deal with that. I have to say, and I'll say it here live, you know, you may have been a slightly abusive older sister. You may, it's possible. It's possible. (laughs) But I think, darn, the things you're saying today, I'm like, that's golden. So I want profound. you to be she'll torture Dude. you as a child. But in the end, it's all okay. She's got great I, things to say. I think there's a through line here because I'm really quite famous for dragging people and having them like it. <laughs> one of your testimonials, one of your, I've forgotten your client's name, but he said that too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how it happens. I'm just going to tell you the truth because I think it's because it comes from love, right? Yeah. You know, mm. people who just shine you on and it's like emperor's new clothes, you know, like, oh, you look great. Like when you really look jacked up and you're trying to go out and like, you're trying to go out and look cute and like get a date. And nobody's going to tell you that you look jacked up and you got toilet paper stuck to your shoe. Like that's not kind, right? Yeah. Kindness is like, tell people the truth so they can get what it is they say they want. Right? Yeah, well, absolutely. One it. of, one of my teachers says, don't be nice, be kind. Because yes. being nice is so full of like fakeness and exactly mm-hmm. what you were saying that just like puffing you up for what reason? So yeah, yeah kindness before niceness. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you talked about strength. And one of the things that you promote online is your great superpower, which we will reveal to the listeners in just a moment. But Joanne and I thought we'd have a little fun with the next question and make it a lightning round question. Do you want to unleash the lightning on Karanda? I'll strike it, uh, I guess. Yeah. So, okay. You are the first guest who has listed a superpower on their website. And before we get to your real superpower, we'd like to ask you, for a series of potential superpowers. So this is a, would you rather superpower (laughs) edition? (laughs) We'll promise we'll reveal the real one at the end. All right, I'll I'll do it with the beginning, in the beginning. So your superpower is melting automation with content to save clients more time. 
would you rather be the ability to fly or to be invisible? Fly. Fly. Live healthy for 150 years or travel to another time period? Live healthy. Go to the moon or to another galaxy? Galaxy. The ability to walk through walls or create fire at will? Fire. Be able to move objects with your mind or make them disappear? Move objects. All right, that's our lightning round. And can you talk? We need a sound effect for this. Yeah, we do. I'll try to find one and post. Put it in and post. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't post. Can you tell us a little bit about, I mean, we already experienced it at the top of the show before even recording it, but for our listeners, could you talk a little bit about your superpower that you say it's melding automation with content to save clients more time? Yeah. And not just save time, but also make money. So one example that comes to mind is we do these marketing intensives where we will go in and dig around in your business and see what's going on with your processes and your marketing. And so I'm in a meeting with a client and we're going through their contact form, which has like six different dropdowns of what you might be interested in, in their services. And so we're like, what's this, what's this, what's this? And she's like, Oh, that, that one's really like a big money profitable service. And I said, okay, well, it looks like you have, you know, three or four inquiries from four months ago. Like, has anybody responded? No. (laughs) (laughs) So one automation, right. That says, oh, some inquiry has come in about X service, send a confirmation and then notify someone on your team to get back to that person ASAP. That's, that's 50 grand, you know? So it's not even always about time. I mean, the, the time factor is also a thing. Like we have a client right now, they've got a webinar process and they're using a, a webinar software that I've never even heard of. And the whole thing is so manual. Like there's a little bit of automation, but there's so many manual processes that they're doing. And so we're in the middle of just mapping out the entire thing and being like, robots can do that. Robots can do that. Robots can do that. Like, you know, they'll do it better and more consistently than any human. And, you know, then you can save humans for the things that humans are really good at. Right. (laughs) Um, So if you're listening to this and you're not doing any automation, the first thing I always tell people is just get like, get your email marketing game together and just get a welcome sequence of, you know, three to five emails that someone gets on your list and they, it's like the red carpet. It's like, Oh, you're here. Welcome. You know, let me introduce myself. Let me tell you what we're about. Let me tell you what we do. Let me tell we how you, we can help you and what to expect from being on this list. Like that is the the first thing. And, you know, I think every business owner has put up a like sign up for our newsletter and then like not actually emailed anyone. <laughs> right? yeah. And someone started this conversation in one of one of the groups, Facebook groups that I'm in. And as a joke, I made a product. I think it's called email your list. Damn it. And it's just, a, I don't actually do anything. It's just a subscription where you just pay so that you feel the money that you're losing by not emailing your list. So if anybody wants to buy that, we can definitely put that link in the show notes if anybody just wants that. 
I love that. What's the link to that? I, I don't have it off the top of my head, but I will definitely give it that, to you. Because that is 100% a way to drag a business owner to see. Like, right? Hey, you you want to like, know what it feels like, it, what it truly feels like. You this can, is how I mean, much money like, you're losing. My sister used to do this all the time where she's trying to like either quit a habit or do a habit. And so you hmm. sign up for a thing where if you don't do what you're supposed to do, they're going to give money to like some charity that you hate right? Or some cause that you hate, right? Uh I mean, it's not a new concept, right? No, I think that's, it's just, it's so so like, you know, if you want to feel the the pain of this consequence that that is out out of mind right now, like you could just pay me some money. Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) No one's bought yet, but oh man, if somebody ever does, like I'm never going to shut up about it. Something to think about with this, Mm -hmm. but I love automate make it save time by automating, make money. And what you can do next is go on vacation. Because yeah. You know, I know that you've known Brad Morrison, who's the WPCE. So I know long. you've known him for, for a while. And I recall hearing, maybe it was in your go WP case study. You talked it about is. telling Brad that you were going on vacation for the first time in a long time. This is a couple of years old, this case study, but because of automation and working with us, you know, our business, of course, is outsourcing and it's so important and sometimes underappreciated by business owners and just anybody really about resting the body and Mm -hmm. disconnecting from work and reconnecting with family, nature, those that you love. Yeah. We're going out of town next month with some friends. We're going to go like do some cross country skiing and like, yeah, that first vacation was a revelation because I, I did not check my email. I didn't take the app off my phone, but I didn't check my email at all. And it was a hundred percent because of you all, because I was offering WordPress maintenance at the time and, you know, just running myself ragged, trying to keep up with requests. And then I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) And so yeah, I mean, it was it was amazing. And the automation part of it is just, you know, clients send in requests. It gets piped through straight to the GoWP team. And I know they're taken care of. So that's been that's been something that I just I still value in my business to this day. Awesome. And you said a we. Let's talk about your we. Tell us about Jessica. And I don't I don't know if Obi accompanied you on will be accompanying you on your cross-country trip, but yes, tell us about uh, the 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 rest of your clan. <laughs> yeah. So Jess and I have been together. We just had our 16th anniversary. I, I, on the internet, I said it was 17 and she's like, you know, it's only 16. I'm like math, whatever. So yeah, we just celebrated 16 years and we have Obi is our Vishla, which is, if you don't know that breed, it's a Hungarian dog. So he's a, he's a bird hunting dog. And then we have two cats, Oz and Xander. So yeah, Obi will definitely be going with us. And there's a dog-friendly cross-country ski area. So he will just be living his life, like running through deep snow and getting tired. And <laughs> is he a puppy? Sleeping. No, he's three and a half now. Three and a half. So we're get, moving towards the sweet spot of dog ownership. I keep telling him when he's five, he'll be perfect. It's our <laughs> first time raising a puppy and it's, or even like having a dog. And so it was a wild ride there for the teenage months. And now he's, he's a pretty chill dude at home. It's a beautiful breed. Michael Short, who's our, what is his title? He's our director of sales. I'm not sure what his actual sales manager or something. Um, He has the same breed. I think he has three dogs in total, but that's one that he has. Beautiful dog. Yeah. They're great dogs. Yeah. So he rules our lives basically. Like we revolve everything around him. (laughs) And you're in Portland. 
I've yeah. never been, I've lived on the West coast, but I never made my way up to the Pacific Northwest, but it's just such a gorgeous, gorgeous. It's area. beautiful. Yeah. What do you all love most about, living? you know, it's the diversity of like, if you're an outdoors person, it's a great place to be because, you know, from where we are, we can go an hour and a half and, and do mountains. We can go two hours to the ocean. We can go, you know, a few hours to the desert. Like we can really have like all of these different things. So yeah. it's really great. We have, I had never been to, um, Crater Lake, which is, and before I met Jess, she was like, what do you mean you grew up here and you've never been to Crater Lake, but you know, my people didn't camp and we didn't, <laughs> you know, we, we did outdoorsy things, but we didn't camp. So we went to Crater Lake for the first time, probably a year after we met and like rode our bikes around the whole thing. Took us nine hours. Cause we stopped at every single viewpoint. <laughs> <laughs> we talked to a woman who rode around the whole thing in three hours and never stopped. I'm like, what is the point of that exactly? Right. Yeah, that sounds like more of a task rather than a vacation. Exactly. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, no, I'm gonna get all these views. Yeah. No shame if like that or judgment, if, if that's what you prefer, but is that how you roll, but yeah. if that's how you roll, if that's how you roll. But to me personally, in my opinion, <laughs> it's more like a task than a vacation. <laughs> yeah. And in terms of the future, so what are you looking forward to accomplishing this year for Carvel Digital? Oh, so right now we are hiring a new marketing assistant to replace an amazing team member who is moving on to higher callings. So we're doing that and we're really just focused on streamlining. We're solidly at the point where as a business owner, I am very susceptible to whatever shiny object idea. This is the phase I'm in right now where, where commonly business owners say, oh yeah, we have this service or we have this you know, product or whatever, but what if we did this, right? That's where we are. And I'm super committed to not doing that and just going super deep into the things that we're offering right now. So we have our 12-week uh, content bootcamp for business owners. And that's for folks that's like, if you really haven't like, gotten momentum in your marketing, you haven't figured out that content thing and how to make it work for you, Bootcamp will help you do that. And I see such a clear difference in the before and after of my clients, like looking at what they're putting out into the world. So we're doing that and we're just figuring out like, how do we, you know, how do we make that better? How do we structure it? How many people should we have in at one time? All that kind of stuff. And then on the agency side, we have insourced and that's our done for you. And it was really created out of, you know, I quit everything and just focused on coaching for a while. And then when it started to work, my clients were like, oh, our tech sucks. And now we care because our marketing is working. <laughs> And I was like, oh, well, I mean, I, I could fix that for you. So, so I created InSourced as sort of the encompassing, like, okay, you've got content and you've got a sales process that is manually working for you. Like you show up and you do these things and it works. Now let's dig in and create a system around that. So you can go focus on other parts of your business, which are also important. Like you got to serve your clients, you got to manage your finances. You might want to give those things some attention and not be stuck, you know, spending 80% of your energy on marketing all the time. So let's build you a system to, you know, relieve that pressure. You know, maybe you can put a team member in place of really like doing the bulk of that heavy lifting. So recreate those. And so I'm just constantly refining, you know, our onboarding processes and what we're delivering and how we're working with clients. And just recently created a consulting model for folks who are like, okay, we've, 
we've been through and we've got our systems together and we have a technical team who can implement, but we still need that strategy. We still need to, you know, know what's the next step to keep improving. So those are kind of the three things that we're focused on. I'm really looking at doubling revenue from last year and getting over that half a million mark for the year and doing it like in an easeful manner, like with not a ton of clients. Sounds like nothing but good things. Yeah. I'm super excited. Yeah. Well, and please come back on the podcast and, you know, tell us, you know, where you are with this. I I think everything that you're doing, it just sounds great and inspirational. We should regroup like in six months or a couple of quarters. I I don't know. Just to see. Do a fall, a fall report. (laughs) Yeah. Just to see, just to see where did you fall susceptible of that shiny new thing? Or if you didn't to see if I'm staying fast. I, yeah, I'm putting my money on Karanda. She's not going to, yeah. She's, Me too. she's ignoring the shiny thing. Either um, way, it's an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> and because we are good WP and we put such a, a, a high priority on creating happiness, can you take us out with sharing how you create happiness for yourself? We have an idea, but I'll let you have the official oh. statement. I mean, it, it changes. I, I'm really big on doing whatever, whatever is bringing me joy at that particular time. So like we took one of the things that I'm really proud about is that for the past two years, we've been able to take two weeks off completely at the end of December, something I always wanted to do and was too broke to do. <laughs> and so was really happy to achieve that milestone. And I played a lot of Galaga on my iPad. <laughs> like oh if you're God. a gamer, like the old school arcade Galaga, like they have a mobile version. And I looked at the, like maybe a month into playing it, I looked at the reviews. The reviews are terrible. The reviews complain about like, it takes so long to get the upgrades and this and that. And I started to enjoy that it was kind of hard. And I like finished every level, like before my break was over. And I was like, I did that. I made a, <laughs> I made a TikTok about Galaga. <laughs> like, oh, was... wow. So yeah, but like that and like reading books and getting massages. I just, one of my favorite massage people just started offering services again because COVID and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. So I'm all about just like things that are relaxing and chill. And, and then of course, you know, being out with the dogs. So we have a lot of good spots that we go out and hike with them and something about just seeing a dog running around, like doing dog things. I mean, you can't, you can't really be unhappy when you're doing that. Right. And I know this is a WordPress community and everyone's welcome, but I'm sorry. I got to give a shout out. You mentioned Galaga Gen X. We are where it's at. <laughs> Gen X with the Galaga. <laughs> sorry, Joanne. I'm sorry. I, I had a Nintendo sidekick. I don't know if you guys know, like it was that little Nintendo oh, that yeah. looked like a sidekick, like a sidekick mm-hmm. phone. And the only game I would play was Galaga. I love Galaga so much. I never now- the arcade version. <laughs> So it was, I mean, it was hard. Like I killed it little... Tetris though. <laughs> I, oh, you're taking me back, Karanda. You're know, taking me it's... back. I feel like I, I play Tetris every time I'm packing my grocery bag. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, I feel like that strategy mindset really comes in handy. I mean, Tetris mm-hmm. really helped when you're I, packing I, for trips mm-hmm. when you're, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm the one so that, I, that packs the car. See, all skills gained from childhood and game playing. And I have to just say that the rush of trying to change the shape before it gets to the bottom. Oh, 
anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But a good kind. You get the good time, yeah. kind. Absolutely. It's more of like a, a kind of adrenaline kind of thing. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Close totally. To, to adrenaline. <laughs> wild times it. over here. Adrenaline from Tetris. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We're this wilding is... in here. Okay, sorry. Go ahead, Brian. No, no, no. I was just, you know, just celebrating this conversation. It's been great. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Karanda, for coming and talking with us today and sharing all of your brilliance and your excellence. It's just been, I've been taking notes on, you know, not just the conversation and what to, what to bring up next, but just because it's like, yeah, that's really good. That's a good point that she makes. So if you've been listening and you have just fallen in love with, you know, Karanda's outlook, like we have, you can read more about her, her work, and you can read more about Carvel Digital at carveldigital.com. That's K-A-R-V-E-L digital.com. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a total joy. I'm so glad you were able to join us. It's, yeah. Don't forget to like and subscribe. (laughs) And you can get this podcast and this episode at the GoWP Digital Agency Owners Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Again, Karanda, thank you so much for joining us. And just a quick reminder for everyone who's listening, who's listening so far, at GoWP, we want to help you become more profitable, whether it's by listening to our podcast or joining in our weekly happiness hours, viewing informative webinars hosted by our friends in the WordPress community, such as Karanda. And of course, by growing your team with our skilled developers, copywriters, designers, or project managers. Go to GoWP.com to read more about our services and to schedule a call. Thank you so much.